Hello, Burlington. Welcome to Net Zero Energy. I'm Jennifer Green, Director of Sustainability for the City of Burlington, Vermont, where our goal is to reduce and eliminate fossil fuel usage and transition to net zero energy by 2030. In this podcast series, we share ways we can all reduce our energy usage in buildings and ground transportation, while BED sources our entire energy supply from renewables. Today we have Darren Springer, General Manager at the Burlington Electric Department, and Sebi Wu, Climate and Equity Advocate at VPIRG, to talk to us about policy that will affect new construction in Burlington. And, thanks to approval by the state legislature and the governor, ultimately enable Burlington to regulate heating sources in new construction and assist in our path away from fossil fuels. Darren, General Manager of Burlington Electric, so glad you're here with us again today. Thank you, Jen. And Sevi Wu, this is um, your first visit to the Net Zero Energy Podcast. We're really glad you're here, and I think maybe one of our few sort of outside special guests. So we we really thank you for being here as well. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jen. Yeah, so today, um, as you both know, we're going to be talking a little bit about some charter change work that happened both in Burlington, subsequently in Montpelier, and now sort of back in Burlington for action. So, Darren, just so we can all be on the same page about where we are and what's going on, can you take us back in time a bit? And can you tell Burlingtonians a little bit about last town meeting day and what happened? Sure. So, um, really, if we want to go back, we have to go back to 2020, uh, which is when um, the mayor had proposed a decarbonization electrification proposal working with the city council and Burlington Electric, the Department of Permitting and Inspections, the Planning Department were all engaged. And we learned after the proposal came out that uh, certain features of it were not currently included in the Burlington Charter, uh, at least as of 2020. And so uh, certain pieces of that proposal already have moved forward uh, that did not require a charter change. Uh, Particularly, we now have, as of 2021, a requirement that for all new construction buildings, you have to have a primary renewable heating system. Uh, That was able to move forward. There were other pieces of this building decarbonization effort um, that were not able to move forward without the charter change. And so the uh, voters in March of 2021, town meeting day, had approved charter change language uh, that would give Burlington more authority to regulate emissions in buildings. That then went to the legislature. Uh, There were a series of hearings in the House and the Senate, uh, votes in the House and the Senate. The legislature ultimately sent the Burlington Charter change, which had been approved by voters, to the governor for his signature, and he has recently signed that charter change into law, and now we have that new authority. That is really exciting news. And I know, Darren, that we didn't do it alone. A lot of what we do requires partnerships, of course, hence um, bringing in Sebi Wu and and, and VPIRG. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sebi and VPIRG were involved all the way through this effort uh, from the town meeting day vote and explaining what was uh, at stake at that vote uh, to advocating in the legislature for Burlington's charter change. And uh, we couldn't be more appreciative of, of their help and others' help in uh, advancing this. Yeah, thanks, Darren. And, you know, Sebi, over to you. I wonder if you can talk a little bit more about your role and, and why you felt it was important for VPIRG to be involved. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so folks may know that VPIRG is a statewide advocacy organization that works on environmental and consumer protection issues. And in Burlington alone, we have nearly 10,000 contacts, members and supporters who we felt it was really important to educate around this issue because it is so essential that the Queen City of Burlington, Vermont, um, really decarbonize and be able to meet our net ambitious net zero by 2030 targets. And this is just another tool in the toolbox to get there. And um, going back to town meeting day, we felt like there was a lot of misinformation happening around this charter. And so we wanted to, to leverage our membership and communicate with the public hitting front porch forum and whatnot, sort of sharing what this would do, what this wouldn't do, and that the process would need to go through the legislature as well. And so, as Darren said, we were happy to testify in the, the House and Senate gov Government Operations Committees alongside, you know, Councillor Carpenter was there as well in the legislature in Renewable Energy Vermont, um, really speaking to the need for Burlington to be able to regulate thermal heating systems in this way. Well, thanks for all that, Sebi. And I do recall that you had some pretty nice infographics that you created on our behalf, which I think were really streamlined and digestible and sort of broke down some of the misnomers that people might have had about what a charter change might mean. That's absolutely right. I'm not paid to say this, but <laughs> thanks to, to Canva, I was able to design those and, and put that information uh, in a more digestible format with some images and whatnot, which I also really appreciate all of your educational efforts kind of innovating on, on this podcast and, and your public education around net zero um, across the city. Yeah, thanks, Sebi. So I, Darren, back to you maybe. So, all right, thanks to you know, VPIRG's help, legislators, Governor approved. Okay, so now what? We've got governor approval. What does this all mean for Burlington in terms of next steps? Right. So already uh, there has been a resolution which uh, we've worked on with the mayor and the city council um, that was sponsored by Councillor Hansen that would uh, help direct our work under the charter change for the foreseeable future. And uh, that includes an initial report back from the uh, Burlington Electric Department and permitting and inspections by July 18th. Um, the sectors that we are going to focus on in terms of regulating emissions uh, and fossil fuel use in buildings are going to be new construction, uh, major renovations, um, as well as municipal buildings, so city government buildings, and then very large existing commercial buildings. Um, What's clear is that this does not involve uh, residential buildings. This does not involve uh, small commercial buildings, small businesses, uh, et cetera. Um, this, this policy is really focused on uh, those sectors that I mentioned. And we can do a lot in terms of uh, meeting our net zero goals by having some progress in those sectors. Um, certainly, there are large uh, energy use buildings uh, and, and facilities in the city where we can make some headway. Uh, certainly, city government has a role in terms of leading by example. And then with new construction, it's important if we're going to reach a climate goal that we not have new buildings going in that are not using renewable heating uh, sources. And so that's what the thought process is uh, as of right now. And certainly we'll continue to focus uh, with incentives and other options, financing options uh, to help uh, residential buildings and small businesses uh, to make their own efforts to reduce fossil fuel use as well. I am curious, Sebi, from your standpoint, you mentioned your 10,000 members or contacts in Burlington. Obviously it was important to work here, but I imagine you're thinking about what this might mean beyond Burlington 
and the state, do you see this playing out in some way in other municipalities or locations in Vermont? And if not, that's fine too. Just curious if you see um, this having uh, an impact elsewhere and well, your involvement. Yeah, I think there are plenty of ways that this has an impact. First of all, Burlington has shown that the city is a leader, not just statewide, but nationally on climate action. And with the ambitious 2030 net zero goal, um, we can show and model a way forward for other municipalities. So I think that's an exciting component of it. And of course, the climate and environmental benefits of decarbonizing our building sector even further and more quickly uh, is undeniable. We know not all voters approved of the charter change back in town meeting day. And you talked a little bit about some of the misconceptions around renewable heating, what this could mean. We know that some folks might have been concerned about say, the need to switch out all heating systems. Can you talk about what this is not and how important it is that people understand what we're really all about here? Absolutely. So what we really emphasized throughout the discussion leading up to town meeting day, and certainly in Montpelier as well, is uh, this is not a policy foundation through which uh, the city is coming into a residence or a small business and saying, you have to replace uh, your existing fully functioning, you know, uh, relatively new heating system and do something else. That's not what this is about. Um, this is about creating policies, uh, you know, citywide in in sectors of the city where we can make an impact, and knowing that we need a lot of different tools in the toolbox. So we're having some uh, good progress with incentives, helping with residential customers, helping with uh, some business and commercial customers. Um, but we know, for example, and we'll go back to new construction, uh, we can't keep building buildings that are using fossil fuels if we have a climate goal uh, for 2030. Uh, if you're in a hole, stop digging. And so our first effort is going to be to make sure that new construction can be uh, renewably heated and cooled, uh, renewably powered with our 100% renewable electricity, uh, that we're getting fossil fuel use out of those buildings. And just by the way, that can mean a number of different technologies. That could be geothermal heating and cooling. That could be heat pumps. Uh, that could be modern wood heating. That could be conventional heating systems that have a contract for renewable fuel. There's a lot of different ways to meet that goal. Um, so we're really focused on new construction as the kind of first order priority. We also think there's some good progress we can make in, in city buildings and some large commercial buildings. Uh, that's what this policy initiative is focused on right now. And that was outlined really clearly in the city council resolution. Okay, that's great. That's, that's very helpful. So I'm thinking I, I want to make a connection between the net zero energy revenue bond, which was also passed, as well as this charter change, and how money from the bond, and again, we thank our Burlington voters for making that happen, and how this charter change are connected. Yeah, it's a great point because, as I just mentioned, there we need all the tools in the toolbox to make progress. Uh, so on, on one hand, we have policy tools where we may be able to set some policies that say in these different building sectors, we're going to have standards or metrics for making sure we're not using fossil fuel. Uh, we need financing. Um, and so the revenue bond was an example of, of innovative financing to bring uh, more dollars to invest in upgrading our electric grid, 
to support new electric uses like electric vehicles and heat pumps and e-mowers and e-bikes and um, and also to make investments um, in our infrastructure like EV charging stations, uh, like bringing a new electric bucket truck for our line crew here to demonstrate. Um, so the revenue bond is a great example of financing playing a role. Uh, then we have policy. And as, as we mentioned, we also have incentives. Uh, we need to, in conjunction with uh, the state and federal incentives, uh, Burlington Electric offering incentives for uh, consumers, for homeowners, for residents, for small businesses uh, to be able to make improvements in their own energy use, uh, reduce their own fossil fuel use, uh, switch to an electric vehicle, or uh, make an investment in a home heating system that's renewable. Um, so I really think we have a suite of options uh, through these different mechanisms uh, to make progress towards our net zero 2030 goal. Coming back to the charter change and what happened in Montpelier, Sebi, can you talk a little bit about why you think legislators were so supportive and indeed at the end of the day, why the governor approved the charter change? Yeah, I would say, first of all, it was really clear that it had the will of the Burlington voters behind it. And so I think generally speaking, legislators are loath to overturn the will of the voters. And so that two thirds majority uh, mandate really helped us out uh, making the case in the legislature. I also think that uh, Vermont uh, especially with the passage of the Global Warming Solutions Act in 2020, making our climate pollution reduction goals requirements, um, legally binding requirements to meet par the Paris Accord targets, um, also sort of adds to the urgency of acting on climate. And we know that it takes statewide leadership, but also the leadership of local municipalities and the participation of cities like Burlington. And so I think that's the case that we tried to make in the legislature, and we were glad that it was received well. Um, but it, it does depend on the legislator as well. Um, there are some real climate champions in there and then some who are fearful that this was a carbon tax. Um, but we, we corrected the record on that as much as we could, and we're glad to see the governor sign it. One other component that I think was helpful making the case in the legislature in Montpelier was the fact that voters do have to proactively approve any carbon assessment fee or impact payment um, that would go on to fossil fuel heating systems. So that other safeguard was something that I know that the governor cited as a reason that he signed it. So I think it was a strategic move to include that. And I hope that moving forward, there will be an approval of, of such a fee. Sebi, you are the climate and equity advocate for VPIRG. I wonder if you want to just say a few words about the importance of equity in our work and maybe yours more specifically. Sure, yeah. Um, well, in the legislature, uh, we were strongly supporting and helping lead the charge on an environmental justice bill, which is something we're happy to see. And I'm not certain that the governor has yet signed it um, or received it on his desk. Uh, but yeah, we're working on a statewide level to make sure that that is central to all of our climate efforts, um, notably the clean heat standard that would have been a proposed statewide initiative. Uh, we, we fought really hard to include equity components in that bill, which unfortunately, uh, from VPIRG's perspective, and I think from Climate Action's perspective, was vetoed successfully by the governor, um, sustained by one vote. That That's something that... Uh, you know, we're working towards, we were really campaigning during town meeting day, a yes on three and seven, um, which is the charter change and then the advisory 
ballot item on climate justice because we know that the impacts of, the, of climate change disproportionately impact low-income, BIPOC, uh, disabled, differently abled, um, and other marginalized communities. Elderly, we're an aging state as well, and so we need to make sure that our solutions to the climate crisis center the needs of low-income and other disadvantaged populations across Vermont because there are substantial benefits to be gained. We were talking before we started recording about our new net zero energy signs, which are available to anybody who rents or lives in Burlington and wants to put something out to sort of state their work towards net zero. Do you mind t- talking about that for just a minute? We can make a plug for our signs. I would love to talk about the yard signs. So um, anyone who's interested can go to burlingtonelectric.com uh, slash yard sign, and we'll be happy to uh, deliver one right to you, uh, put it right in your yard or, or get it to you uh, so you can place it uh, at your home or business. And uh, I, I proudly have one at, at my house. And the, the neat thing about the yard signs is uh, we have some stickers that you can customize your yard sign depending on what types of measures you're taking uh, in your life to uh, contribute to the community's net zero goal. Uh, so for example, if you've installed heat pumps, we have a sticker for that. Or if you're using an e-bike uh, to get around and reducing your uh, vehicle miles traveled, we've got a sticker for that as well. So uh, encourage folks to visit burlingtonelectric.com always to check out our rebates and different programs. And uh, if you're so inclined, uh, go to burlingtonelectric.com slash yard sign and sign up to get one today. Yeah, thanks, Darren. So the yard signs are available for anybody that has green space in front of their building to place one and can tout some of the good electrification efforts that they're taking to help us achieve net zero. I bet they also look pretty good in a window too. So if you don't have yard space out Mm. front, we gladly uh, uh, get you one to display in your window as well. And they are free of charge. So Darren, I think just in case we have renters that are listening and are wondering, well, what does all this mean for me? You've talked about new construction. You've talked about folks that own their buildings or can make improvements at home. Do you mind just quickly talking about the weatherization policy for renters? This may hopefully uh, make some folks happy regarding their living situations. Well, absolutely. I mean, renters for us is 60% or so of our residential customers. So renters are a very important part of our community in terms of making progress towards net zero and uh, and also equity, um, as we were talking about earlier. Uh, So we were proud, and and Jen, you deserve credit for this, along with Chris Burns on our team leading the effort at Burlington Electric, Uh, but we were proud to be a part of an initiative uh, to set rental weatherization standards, another example of using policy in the toolbox, uh, that will say for the first time, um, if you are a building that is using above a certain energy threshold, there's going to be a requirement to go through the weatherization process. Uh, You know, there's incentives available for that. And have the building weatherized so that it is uh, comfortable, that it is more affordable in terms of fuel use, and that we're reducing emissions. Um, And that's a way that we can benefit our renter uh, community in Burlington. And uh, maybe there's some additional things we can do in the future uh, as well uh, with rental properties to further support net zero. I'll just 
add my appreciation as a renter, one of those 60% of renters in Burlington for the weatherization policy and looking forward to bringing renters along because it's so essential. Given that we do not have a statewide approach currently to decarbonize our heating sector, it's even more important that cities like Burlington take the lead um, by passing this charter change and the policy that will come with the new authority that the city has. Great. Well, thanks so much again, Sebi. And we appreciate the fact that you are working at the state level, but when you see an opportunity locally, you grab it. And you certainly did in this case and really made for success um, here in Burlington. Darren, I think same question to you. Is there anything that we haven't mentioned that listeners should know about the charter change, new construction, or anything else related to that effort? Well, I would just say in terms of the process, we are going to have an initial report back uh, July 18th. We are going to be engaging uh, the community in this effort. Um, and in fact, that's part of the resolution um, makes very clear. Uh, Councillor Jang added an amendment to make this even clearer that we are going to engage via uh, various uh, stakeholder uh, kind of feedback opportunities, uh, public forums, um, opportunities at the NPAs and elsewhere. Um, these are our big policy changes that we'd be contemplating. Uh, we're going to need the community's input. So July 18th is not an endpoint uh, for this work. It's just an initial kind of report back, and then we're going to have additional work that's going to happen. Um, and we, you know, will be engaging with the community all throughout that process, uh, making sure that people's voices are heard and making sure that we can have a really uh, thorough effort to reach the right result um, now that we have this charter change. All right. Well, Sebi, I want to thank you again. You're the climate and equity advocate at VPIRG. We appreciate you coming as a guest and all your help in Burlington. And Darren, thank you again for uh, your leadership at Burlington Electric and for being a podcast guest. Thank you, Jen. Thank you again for listening to Net Zero Energy. If you have any questions about this podcast or what BED offers regarding incentives, rebates, or technological support, look for us at burlingtonelectric.com or call us at 802-865-7300. You can also follow us on Facebook. We're always here to help and look forward to engaging with you on our mutual path to net zero energy.